Good morning, sweet dreamers. Today with me, like always, is... Tinsley, we will be looking into the script of a movie from Suck Toes and Meathead that was never made. You are right, this film was actually not made, but we are lucky to have a copy of the script, and we shall make it somewhat come to life through the podcast. I have added all the sound effects and music, but the writing belongs to the marvelous Suck Toes and Mr. Meathead. I will say the name of the person speaking in hopes of not making it confusing for you guys. I will try changing my voice, things like that, right? But I will try to say the person's name that's speaking so you guys could stay along with me because it is quite an interesting script. I am not joking when I say that this is the literal script of a movie from Sucktoes and Meathead that did not get produced. This is not something I made up and just saying that they made it. I will also be reading the stage directions, right? This is Bobby Miracle and I hope you guys enjoy me bringing this to life. And let's see how shitty a movie that was not made can be when it comes from Sucktoes and Mr. Meathead. Long zoom out shot of compilation of missing girl posters and pictures. At the same time as the shot happens, Darwin. In recent months, the entire country has witnessed one of the largest manhunt in American history. Somewhere between April 12 to April 20, five teenage girls disappeared in the small town of Griffith, Delaware. Since the disappearances, there has been a massive amount of news coverage regarding the victims Olivia Carter, Emily Dawson, Camila Madrera, Hannah Johnson, and America Garcia. All the victims except for one, Bobby Miracle. Picture of David Johnson pops out. Now you might be wondering, who the hell is Bobby Miracle? Random fragments of people asking around campus about Bobby Miracle. He's a fucking idiot. Motherfucker owes me 10 bucks. He's annoying ass shit. I've never heard of him in my life. Wait, Bobby Miracle? Yeah, he was weird. Darwin. Around the town of Griffith, people were not quite fond of Bobby Miracle. Now you see, Bobby was somewhat of an outcast. He was the type of guy that no one sat with at lunch. The type of guy you'd switch sidewalks when you see him walking down the street. As far as I'm concerned, Bobby Miracle had no friends, no family, no one at all. And by the time of his disappearance, not a single person demanded to know the whereabouts of Bobby Miracle. And to this day, he is still somewhere out there. Shot opens the back of the car with friends Darwin and Dylan. Dylan, are you sure we should be interviewing Cooperman? That kid's kind of an airhead. Darwin. Yeah, he's fine, man. He says he knows what happened to Bobby. That's somewhere to start, Dylan. Well, yeah, but I mean, come on. What are the odds that he's actually telling the truth? Darwin. Yeah, you might be right. We still have one more person that claims they know what happened to him, too. And we can't afford to ignore any of them, Dylan. Fair enough. They get out of the car, they close the doors in unison, and it cuts to black. Picture of Cooper appears, Darwin. Soon after me and Dylan started putting all the posters all over town asking for information regarding Bobby Miracle, Cooper Hash was the first to claim he knew about what had happened to Bobby. Cooper and Bobby worked together at the same Wendy's on 83rd Street in front of the Chick-fil-A. That was until March 12th, when Bobby was caught putting laxatives into the local priest's baconator fries. But other than that, there is really no relation between Cooper and Bobby. Start of first interview. Darwin. Hello, I'm Darwin Salamander. I'm here with my partner, Dylan George, and we're going to be interviewing our first witness in the disappearance of Bobby Miracle. Please state your name. Cooper. Cooper Hash. Smiles. Darwin. All right, Cooper. Now, what relations did you have with Bobby Miracle? Cooper. We used to flip burgers back in the day in Wendy's on 83rd. Darwin. You mean a month ago? Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> he laughs. Darwin. So you said that you have information on what happened to Bobby. 
Could you elaborate? Dramatization. Cooper. So it all started back on March 12th when Bobby got fired for putting laxatives in Father Chapa's Baconator fries. You see, Father Chapa got the shit so bad he swore on the blood of St. Peter that Bobby would pay for his sins. So about a week later, we were here at the skate park. And from the top of the park right over there, I saw Blue Tacoma pull up. Now I know everyone at the skate park, and I had never seen that Blue Tacoma in my life. A couple minutes rolled by and the guys still haven't gotten out of the truck yet. But when I see Bobby leaving, these three guys jumped out of the truck and grabbed Bobby and threw him in the backseat of the car and dashed off. End of dramatization. Cooper. Never seen Bobby Miracle ever since. Craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Dylan puts the camera down. Are you fucking serious, Cooper? Swear to God, man. Never seen anything like that. That church is fucked up. I hear Father Chopper fucks kids. Dylan looks at Darwin. This is fucking stupid, man. I told you Copper would give us some bullshit. Darwin, I don't know about the last one, man. I've heard he fucks kids too. Dylan, I'm getting the hell out of here. End of first interview. Transition shot of the two driving down the road. Darwin. The interview with Copper was a waste of time. I can't wrap my head around how stupid his story was. However, for the second test when we interviewed Raymond Resendez, a student at Griffith High School. We had a much closer relationship with Bobby. Two of them are on their way to meet Raymond. Darwin, staring at Dylan. So, you have anything to say about the next person we're interviewing? Any complaints? Dylan. Nah, Raymond's alright. Darwin stares at him in disbelief. Alright then, let's do this. Start of second interview. Darwin. Thanks for meeting with us today, Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, I bet. Darwin. Now how well did you know Bobby? Raymond. I didn't know him too well, to be honest with you, but I'm pretty sure I knew him better than anyone else did. Darwin. That's a strong statement. Why do you say that, Raymond? Well, we both know Bobby is a weird dude, and I was probably the one he actually talked to. So I guess you could consider me his only friend, Darwin. So being his friend, what type of things do you know about Bobby? Raymond. He was just a weird kid. Never understood why no one really talked to him, but he just told me a lot of weird shit. Dylan. Elaborate, Raymond. I knew something was up before he disappeared. Dylan, what do you mean by that? Raymond, a few nights before his disappearance, he came to my second block, really paranoid about something. I told him to chill, but he was really freaked out. He kept talking about this strange dream he had. Dylan, what was the dream about? Dramatization starts. Raymond, he was running. Wait, no. He was being chased. Yeah, he said he was being chased by himself. Or not himself, exactly. He said it looked just like him, but it wasn't really him. They weren't alike at all. He said the other person was acting more like some kind of animal or something. Darwin. And what happened in the end? Raymond. I don't know. He broke down before telling me the end. I never saw him again until that night, when he disappeared. Darwin. And what happened that night? Raymond. So, I was with my friends. We were just outside hanging out, and all of a sudden I saw Bobby from afar, and he was walking towards us. He looked terrible. He could barely stand on his own two feet, and he was sobbing and muttering words to himself. He was barefoot too. He had his shoes on his hand. I'm not gonna lie, I was freaked the fuck out. When he got closer, I finally got the pause to ask him what was going on. Then he looked at me in the eyes as if he was barely noticing it was me and he started screaming and begging me to help him and that he didn't want to die. He repeated that over and over. I tried to calm him down for a while, but then we heard a loud noise. I don't even know what it was. It sounded like the screaming of a fucking animal or some shit like that. That was enough to scare the shit out of everyone. 
Then Bobby just started to run in me, and my friend just took off, and he just kept running. I haven't seen him since. Darwin. So do you have any idea what the noise must have been? Raymond. No, but whatever it was, it seemed like it was after Bobby. He looked really scared. He seemed like he was in trouble. From afar, we see Little Green slowly walking towards the camera and push Raymond out of the view. Little Green. Hey, I have something to say about Bobby Miracle. I fucked Bobby Miracle's mom and I slit his throat and I threw his body in the woods. Darwin, get out of here, you little shit. Raymond, do you have anything else to add? Raymond, no, but I hope he's all right. Darwin. Raymond's story sounded kind of strange. It's hard to believe Bobby was running around town half naked. And it seemed like no one can give us a real explanation. Dylan. Hello. Something is being said on the phone. Oh, it's for you. Darwin. Not right now. Dylan. Hey, I think you should answer this. Darwin looks at him. Start of the last interview. Dylan and Darwin are walking to the location. Dylan. Are you sure we can do this? Darwin. No, I'm not really sure, but what are our options? Dylan. Let's just get this over with. Start recording. Darwin. We're here with Danielle Jones and April Lee who claim to know what happened to Bobby. So, first, explain your relationship with Bobby Miracle. April. Hey, weren't you the guy that hooked up with Jennifer at Danny's party? Daniela. Oh yeah, I heard about that. She said that you started crying when you put it in. April. I don't like Jennifer. She's a skank and started talking shit about me to everyone. Daniela, bitch, no way, what did she say? Darwin, can, can we get back to the interview, please? Daniela, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darwin, so what was your relationship with Bobby Miracle? April, I don't really know him, but I know he kidnapped the girls. Darwin looks at the camera. Darwin, how do you know he kidnapped the girls? Daniela, we saw him. April, yeah, we did. Darwin, well, can you explain? Daniela, so the night he ran away. Darwin, what did... What do you he ran away? He disappeared? Uh, that is how the writing is. Let me interrupt. That, that is how it's written, okay? That's how it's written. Dramatization starts. Daniela. I'm getting to that. So we were both getting out of the party, and we were too shit-faced, so we asked April's boyfriend to take us home. We stopped by a gas station because I had to go pee. And as I'm getting out of the car, I heard a tire screech. I see Bobby carrying a weird bag into the load of the trunk. He was struggling to put it in. Dylan. That's what she said. Dramatization gets interrupted. The three of them stare at Dylan. Darwin. Come on, man. Dylan, I'm sorry. Dramatization continues. Danielle. Alright, so we put the bag in, and then he saw me. It really freaked me out. Then we started walking faster. The driver's in and took off. Dramatization ends. Darwin, okay, so you're saying one of the girls was in the bag. They nod. Dylan, how are you so sure? Daniela, well, it was a big bag. It looked like a duffel bag. Darwin, so you're just blaming Bobby for the girls' disappearances? Daniela, well, yeah, think about it. Five girls disappear and just one guy? Dylan, I don't know, man. It does sound pretty weird. Darwin looks at the camera in disbelief. Everything pauses, then cuts to them two looking at the footage in a classroom. Darwin, so what do you think about all of this? Dylan, I don't know, man. Their story is more believable than the last two. But now again, none of them have actual proof about their stories. Silence. Darwin, <sighs> we're not getting anywhere with this. Afternoon. As the song Flying by the Beatles play in the background, cuts to some of the location where allegedly Bobby disappeared. Then we follow a guy walking through the woods. And as he looks at the bushes, he sees a hand sticking out. The end. So there you have it, folks. That is the script of 
Bobby Miracle. Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here right now. That was a pretty fun script. Um, me reading it right now was actually pretty fun. Uh, hopefully it's as entertaining for you guys. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I put all the music in the typewriting effect. I read the directions of the uh, script and I tried my best to fix some of the grammar while I was reading it because there were some errors. So if you notice where I kind of stop and process, that's because I'm trying to figure out how to make it sound normal because some of the writing isn't too great here. So yeah, the, the script of Bobby Miracle is around 12 pages. Now, how long would this take? I really don't know. I feel like it would take a long time to do this. Uh, it is interesting that they break the fourth wall, from my understanding, right? Because they seem to look at the camera most of the time. I understand it's kind of like those, I don't know how they're referred to, but kind of like Cloverfield 9, I think that has that, where it's like the camera guy. Project X is another one that does that. I think Chronicle, where it's like a dude holding the camera, so it makes sense that they break the fourth wall, right? So I don't know if it was going to be shot like that, but the sounds of it, it was going to be shot like in a documentary type of weird thing like that. There is one part that I do not like. Well, there's several parts, but one of them that I found quite interesting was the mention of Priest Chapa, and, and they literally just put the priest in there so they could do a joke about how the priest fucks little kids. So... I have no trouble with those types of jokes, you know, not at all. But for me, it becomes a problem when you literally just make a character just for a joke like that. It's kind of, come on, man. They didn't have anything else to do. Just blue to come and haha, he fucks kids too because he's a priest. Okay. Genius, clever, funny, Mr. Sucktoes and meat Meathead. But I'm being serious. I, I really don't like that just because they, it's obvious that they just inserted him or they inserted a priest character just to do that joke. So that's not too smart nor clever. Apart from that, it Baconator Fries certainly got a laugh out of me because it's so strange. This movie, and, and when I was making one of my other projects, you don't try to have too many inside jokes, right? It's obvious here, it's like, why Baconator Fries, right? And there is a story behind, I think, Baconators and Wendy's, right? Uh, from what I understand, that's where most of the kids from theater would hang out in the past. So I'm guessing that's where it comes from, but I'm sure there is a reason why they chose Wendy's and Baconator Fries. But for the people who don't know about that... Even like for somebody like me, I was like, why? It's funny. It's just so absurd that they chose Baconator fries instead of like a drink or, or anything else. So when you put in too many inside jokes like that, it could really cut that connection you want to have towards the audience. Because you want the audience to be involved, feel connected, feel like they're actually within the film and care for what's happening. So when you do things like that, it disconnects the audience in the movie. So I recommend that they don't do that too much. From there, we've got the that's what she said joke. Uh, there's no problem when you do it. I mean, they don't do it anymore. But hey, it's okay. I mean, the reaction, I'm sure that if it would have been in the film, it would have been good. The dramatization, I don't know how they were going to do it. But the way I did it was just by putting music. And I know that I would have different way. But I don't know how they had it planned because here, you know, I don't really, the movie was never made. So I really can't know how they were going to do that. But I appreciate that they were going to do dramatization. This movie, I feel like it's more of a comedy. Was a tone of, uh, was a bit of seriousness within the killing and disappearance and kidnapping. But there's no problem with that as long as it's balanced. This script is certainly something strange, something that I feel like you don't see every day. I think that's what makes it special. And especially when, when we realize that this movie was never made <laughs> at all. I don't know why it wasn't made. Uh, I guess it just never came to fruition. Would I wish that it did? I would. I think this would have been awesome to see how... It, I would have loved to see how this would play out in, in film. You know, with the cameras rolling, with the visuals. I would have loved to see what they would have done. I'm sure there would have been some black screen or some B-roll footage of like the town or the city or whatever. I'm sure that would have happened. It is quite funny in the sense of like, poor guy. And this revolves around the same thing as we did talk about in Shoal. 
where the guy is so unimportant, where his death didn't even cause any problems. Was, oh, the guy's dead. Well, well, fuck. Let's keep moving on with our lives. Now, I'm going to point this out, and I think in the next film, I think it's also pretty present. They seem to revolve around the theme of death a lot. Shoel, Afterlife, uh, Nights Without Fortune as well. Maniacs, there's death at the end of the boyfriend, which causes the girlfriend to be, you know, fucking fucked up. So there's a lot of death in their films, and it's obvious. I don't know why they keep sticking to that. I think death is an interesting theme to follow but when you keep doing that for every short film it certainly gets tiring so i think they should change it up that's me reading out bobby miracle and i felt like i gave it some life i don't know about you guys but i felt like i gave it some some life obviously i tried doing some accents but i'm doing it on the spot so obviously it won't be as perfect it's not like i'm gonna actually try memorizing this fucking script and and write down the accents of it. it seems like it would be shot heavily in the school which would be interesting because i don't know if the school would even want to be correlated with that type of stuff uh mostly with the curse words i guess this would just be more this wouldn't be submitted to competition since those the curse words and some of the heavy tones about pedophilia which wouldn't probably be accepted in the competition uh but i did put the music in i made sure to at least make it sound fun most well most of it was from snatch a great movie of guy ritchie I felt like it really fits in. So this could be a long episode, but as most of the episodes have been, they've been, I'd say, pretty short. Hopefully, they're okay for you guys. Um, hopefully, they're not too long nor too short. But the only song that was actually not placed by me was The Flying by The Beatles, just so you know, folks. Uh, everything else was placed by me except for that final song from The Beatles. I don't know if I am happy or not that this movie was never made since it would be such a fucking interesting short film to actually watch. Turns out, and, and this was uh, found out by my film buddy, right? That Little Green, that character who made a cameo per se, was probably the killer since the body or hand mentioned at the end was in the woods. Which is what Little Green did to the body which was dumped in the woods. I believe, and I think it would have been better, that the body should have been shown and the small detail of the throat slice to further proof it was Little Green. I believe that Little Green did not kill Bobby Miracle since it makes no sense. This movie would have been a weird and satirical piece to watch that I would probably enjoy like Nights Without Fortune. The reason that I really don't believe it was Little Green is like the guy says that he fucks his mom and then slits his throat and dumps his body in the woods. Now this is why my film partner thought that uh, Little Green did it because of dumping in the woods. But what I dislike the most is that it says hand. Like I said, I think it would have really cemented the truth that it was Little Green if we saw the body and if you look or if you paid close attention to the body laid in the woods, there would be a, a, a throat that was sliced. So I would be like, oh shit, that was Little Green. Because hey, what's the coincidence that he says the woods? For me, it's like, there's no, it, it could literally just be a fucking coincidence. We don't know how many woods there are in the area. We don't know if there's just one woods area in that place that they're supposedly in. I think if maybe they would have said, oh, yeah, he was in Chester Heights Woods or something or East by Night Woods. And then the body is in that area. Then it would be like, OK, maybe it was Little Green. But here, just the woods. So I think that it shows how the writing in uh, from Sucktoes and Meathead are not good. Because if you really wanted to be Little Green, they should have put details to further proof that it was Little Green rather than always leaving it ambiguous and like thinking that leaving it ambiguous makes the movie so much better when when the writing is so bad to begin with, it just drops the fucking quality even more. If it would have been made, I'm sure that I wouldn't have liked it too much with the black screens and the typical errors that these guys do. But since this is a script, I get to make up the scenes in my mind. I get to make the scenes work in my mind like I would if I was there, which is probably the magic of it. 
that since there is nothing for me to be like, oh, this is how they actually did it. But in my mind, it could have been like this for me. It's like, this is how it could have been because no short film was actually made for this script. So what I'm imagining could be the real the real deal. But like I said, there's many errors within this. And the problem is this is just a script. So I can't really point out scenes and technical aspects like the sh camera shaking or scenes that linger for too long. There's certainly, this certainly feels too short. And for me, it's like this wasn't going to be submitted for a competition, which means that you can make it as long as it needs to be, not as you want, as it needs to be, because you could make a film that you want it to be 90 pages, but if you make the short film in 90 pages, it's going to be like a future length film. So it's as it needs to be. So this could have been made a little bit more worked on. So it could be longer because it feels too short. I don't really care about Bobby Miracle. Maybe if we had a little prologue, you know, Bobby Miracle, and it would be a little bit funnier that we think that's how Bobby Miracle looks like. And then it's just Dylan and the other guy, Darwin, cuts the movie or cuts the scenes like, okay, that's good. Uh, do you think Bobby Miracle would do that, right? And then it would kind of, I feel like it would be more interesting, right? Because for us, we'd be like, oh, damn, that's how Bobby Miracle looks like, right? That's our protagonist. Now, nah, it's just Dylan and Darwin making a little prologue of what Bobby Miracle would do and how he was like. Right. Um, I think hopefully it comes across to you listeners what I mean by that. Uh, from there, it certainly needs more length to establish uh, Dylan and Darwin, who they are, why exactly they're they're interested. They kind of show why they're interested because nobody else was interested. So they're kind of like, wow, that's strange. Nobody else cared about him. So let's do our job in a sense. Let's let's see what happened to him since nobody else seems to care. But I would like to uh, strengthen that that bond that they have together. So later on in the scenes where they're joking around with, with each other, the, that's what she said. Oh, come on, man. It would actually work more. Uh, obviously, these are tips. I fucking doubt they'll ever make this movie. And if they do, I'm going to fucking review it. And I'm going to be pretty critical. Not that my notes are superior, but I feel like maybe they could work. Right? For me, it's like, make ideas, see if they stick, or combine them and revise them. I like the second one especially because it, it felt like some something that you would see in, in a television or movie. It's like, Oh, wait, no. No, yes, it was that. So you already know right off the bat as the audience is like, okay, I cannot take this guy serious. That testimony sounds fucking fake as hell because the guy doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. I hope you guys were, were enjoying me ranting, I guess you could say. But I was giving notes and explaining what I didn't like and what I would have liked if this ever came to becoming produced. The second finale of the Sucktoes and Meathead saga. The next one is Crimson Deep or Deep Crimson. It's one of those two fucking names. It's another weird one. This was shot in New Orleans, so that's what makes it special, man. It was well, while they went to, while Sucktoes and Meathead and somebody else went to on a trip to New Orleans, that's where they shot the uh, some of the scenes. Uh, another movie that is quite fucking bizarre. So you can be guaranteed one more episode after this one. Because that would be the last one. After that, hopefully I'll have some time to make a... Another episode, the next episode might be the new Suicide Squad because I really want to re review it in a sense. I've already watched it twice. Uh, from there, we're going to be ending it. Uh, remember, the next uh, episode will be probably one of the last, hopefully. I doubt it because the guy will probably keep making more short films, but it will be Crimson Deep or Deep Crimson. From there, you could expect the 2021 Suicide Squad. After that, Sunset Down or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Um... And trust me, lads, it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be an enjoyable ride, hopefully. And I'm so glad I could be with you experiencing this together. Tinsley, play the music for the ending.